This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. is Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. I keep going to the river to pray because I need something that can wash out the pain and I'm lost. I'm sleeping all these demons away. What's your ghost? The ghost of you wakes me away. My friends had to figure it out. Yeah, they're so outside of you. It's right hard and another your evil was coming through These guys sitting on the wall well, They watch every move I make Bright light living in the shade Your cold heart makes the spirit shake I had to go
Listening pleasure, Joy ninety four point nine. Good evening and welcome, everyone. I'm Michelle Barber, and you are listening to Stand Up Straight, where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLB TNI community, to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice, create dialogue, or introduce a new way of thinking. But most importantly, to facilitate change toward greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. So as always, wrapping up three hours of fabulous uh, chatter and music, Chris and Cam and Tristan. Uh, Thank you for a great afternoon. And to the lovely Adam that is filling in for Milan, who I believe is languishing somewhere in uh, Tasmania. Uh, Adam, for the news. Not in Milan. No, not in Milan. Milan. We don't mention Milan. Okay. No. <laughs> um, and, um, well, okay, so that voice that you may have heard just then was the lovely Clayton. Good evening. Welcome, Clayton. And Thank Clayton's you. pushing the buttons and making us sound extra special and beautiful today. I'll do my best. Um, you always do your best. And we have, and if we had a round of applause and I give Clayton enough time, yeah, we've also got somebody else that's, come, that's back. Uh, been, been missing in action for a couple of weeks. Stephanie's back. Yay. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Happy New Year to you both. Thank you. And I'd just like to say, how good is Tristan getting at the live raids? Isn't he? I was listening to him on the way in in the car. I think he's going to put us all out of a job. He'll be taking over joy one day. Yes. Very impressed, Tristan, if you're listening. And it's nice to see how people progress and and, and grow and it's you know a lot of people turn up at Joy and they're only doing something really little and then all of a sudden they're uh, they've got lots and lots of people uh, and lots of things happening. So um, if you've been under a rock, you might not have realised, but Midsummer 2016 it's literally on our doorstep. Carnival Days is Sunday the 17th, and also for anyone that wants to come and say hey to Clayton and Stephanie, I'm afraid I can't be there, but even better, Clayton and Stephanie, much prettier than me. Look, I've got a cardboard cut out of you ready to go. <laughs> it's a so lifestyle. That, that'll be there. So it's, yep. a tiny, it's made from a tiny piece of cardboard. And it's got a mouth so we can just go like this and goes up and down and <laughs> talks. Um, so uh, please come, um, I think it's about 2 o'clock, 2.30. 2.30, 30, I 2.30 on, uh, on Sunday. Come say hey to Stephanie and Clayton. They would love to chat to you. Have photos and all that kind of... Make them feel like superstars. That's what I reckon. So... Um, we, uh, we've got a couple of guests tonight. So up first, we're going to be chatting to, to Jackie Trevally, who has, is combining both her background in uh, IT project management and acting, go figure, opposite ends of the spectrum. And she's created Lantern Ghost Tours. And then up a little later, we're joined by a familiar face on Joy, Daniel Whithouse, uh, whose book Beyond Priscilla has been adapted into a play. So um, that's going to be really fascinating. So we're going to talk to, uh, to Jackie in a moment. After this very brief message, you're on Stand Up Straight on Joy. You're listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. 
She's my mum. Um, yes, you are on Stand Up Straight. I have to say no this. No tears, no tears. No tears. My son just landed in London about an hour ago. So um, I'm a touch fragile. Fragile is going to be away for a year. So anyway, that's all I'm saying before I get upset. We have been joined. Uh, actually, Clayton, we played a song at an unusual point in our show. Why did we play that? Uh, we played uh, Ghost by Ella Henderson. And <laughs> we may have had a reason, which I think you're probably about to explain. We are. We're going to explain. So um, we're joined in the studio by Jackie Trevally. Who is, you can say hey and you hey, can wave you but doing? they can't see you. Hello. <laughs> um, Jackie's got a phenomenal and interesting uh, program that's part of Midsummer uh, called so it's Lantern Ghost Tours. Obviously, it's a bit spooky, a bit scary. So my first question to you is: Is it actually a scary? thing to go and be part of if we you know us or anyone out there listening is it something that's going to be scary well i can tell you one thing you're guaranteed to see spirits on the tour oh mm-hmm. how can you guarantee that though well the seven deadly sins tour involves a visit to three haunted pubs <gasps> oh uh-huh. so if you don't see a ghost at one of the pubs you will see spirits of one type or another sorry i was a bit slow then wasn't i <laughs> <laughs> so t- so tell me so it's called seven Des- deadly sins we'll talk about that in a second which uh, part of midsummer and how people can get tickets as well but what's how did you kind of create something that is obviously really really unique and is it popular yeah, well, we run ghost tours. We've been running them for about six years now, and we've been really lucky to be a part of the Midsummer Festival for four of those years. Wow. And I've noticed the people that we attract from Midsummer are just a little bit different to our regular guests. <laughs> a little bit different. And they're wanting more gluttony, more sin, more lust, more betrayal. Uh. <laughs> uh-huh. So I wrote a tour especially for you guys, the Seven Deadly Sins Tour. And tell us, um, what does that involve? So people, uh, what do they do when they meet you? Okay, so um, as I mentioned before, we're going to three haunted pubs. Mm -hmm. We're going to be telling you stories of lust, wrath, greed, etc., etc. And we'll (laughs) tell you about the ghosts that are still there in Williamstown. We do have a lot of spirits if you believe in the paranormal. Do Mm -hmm. you believe in the paranormal? I don't. Well, I don't want. I, I don't, but I don't know why I don't, actually. Uh So I'm sort of open to conversion, but I don't know why I don't believe. Well, that's. I've got a question for you, actually, Jackie. I do believe in the paranormal because I work in the funeral business and I kind of have experiences with ghosts um, on a fairly regular basis. Mm. But tell me about your experiences with ghosts. Oh, I've had quite a few, actually. Um, I have to say, I grew up in a haunted house, so my dad's a builder and he used to get really cheap properties because they were deceased estates. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not quite funeral parlours, but just <laughs> estates. And the spirits, of course, got quite attached to their homes and didn't want to move on. So I remember being 12 years old and seeing a little old woman walking around the house. It wasn't my mother. It was actually a ghost. <laughs> and we used to hear knocking on the bedroom door at night and sometimes we'd see flashes of light. So we've had a lot of things happen which made me interested in the paranormal. Um, In terms of scary experiences, though, I did have a really horrible experience three years ago at the J Ward Lunatic Asylum. Where's that? Well, that's in Ararat. Um, Lunatic sounds like a horrible word, but that's what it used to be called. Mm, So they believe that um, people's moods were linked to the lunar cycles. So Uh. J Ward Lunatic Asylum, I was running a ghost tour, and there was quite a very quiet brother and sister walking around on the tour. They didn't say much, didn't do much. And we got up to the old gallows where people used to get executed. And suddenly the brother bent over and his eyes rolled back and he started muttering something. So we got up close to him and he was saying, forgive me for my sins. Oh my. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. So I panicked because his sister was panicking. I realised he wasn't being silly or putting it on. And we took him outside and then he calmed down 
had no recollection of it. So he must have been channeling one of the gallows ghosts. And these weren't mm. nice ghosts. Uh, these people were people who committed crimes. Mm. They couldn't be incarcerated at an ordinary prison, so were sent to J-Ward. Jackie, are you ever a bit fearful of meddling with, with the ghosts mm. and being in these places? Honestly, I'm petrified. Uh, <laughs> so what, okay, so why don't you stop? Well, I put on a brave face when I'm with guests, yeah. and I guess I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie. I love roller coasters. <laughs> I love ghosts. I love that feeling in your heart that you get when you're scared of something. So I really enjoy it when I'm with groups of people, but home alone, I am petrified. <laughs> so do you like being pushed out of your comfort zone and, and the adrenaline, but what makes you not give up like I want to know what's that switch between people saying no can't do this and walk away but you stay you can and you and have created a business out of it how do you really I'd really like answers so I've (laughs) I've tried to find answers for years I was a part of the spiritualist church for a few years Uh, we'd sit around in a in a dark circle looking at a red light trying to meditate and contact the other side I also studied hypnosis to try and see maybe if that's the answer Uh, I'm really not sure there are so many different theories I know spirits exist but I don't know for sure what what a spirit is. So until I know, mm. I think I'll keep looking. Interesting. And you're obviously passionate about your business because I've noticed um, that you've won a number of awards. Mm. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> yes. yes, I am. I love it. I think the thing I love most about the business, which I never really imagined to start with, was we're making history fun. Yeah. So even though I'm a ghost to a company, I've realised the side effect of that is people are learning about history and it's making them want to preserve our historic buildings. Yes. Which yes. is a great thing. We're losing too many of them now. And what about London? How do you juggle the, the Melbourne-London divide? You're obviously in London for a certain amount of the year. Well, I've got two lives. So I've got two, uh, two homes, two sets of friends, two boyfriends. Don't let my boyfriend hear. Uh, <laughs> Happens you know, to be in the room. <laughs> 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 Your twin brother over there. So, yeah, I've got two separate lives. And I just, I love Australia. It's always going to be my home. But London's so amazing in terms of the history and the ghosts and the opportunity to travel around Europe. So I do spend roughly six months in each country. Do you have to do a lot of research? Yes, and so I'm really worried. That? I'm worried one day my laptop will go missing or the police will <laughs> confiscate it and they'll see all my search terms, murder, suicide, oh, God. <laughs> all yeah. the dark and gory things, which I'm searching on Trove for hours and hours on end to try and put the stories together. But uh, what... I was just going to say, I also do the horror program and actually my search terms are the same. So <laughs> yeah, I blame it on you. That's right, yeah. So what, um, uh, what would pique your interest, for instance, and make you start thinking about something? Would it be an article you read in an old book or, or a newspaper article or a person someone tells you about? How do you start? Oh, it could be from anywhere. Sometimes I watch a documentary. Someone will mention something in passing. Now that I've been running the company for a few years, people are always emailing and calling me with little tidbits of information. So I've got a huge list of uh, different areas I'd like to explore and find out more about. I'm only limited by time, really. Is there a favourite? Do you have a favourite area that you really want to delve into? Mm, At the moment, it's Jack the Ripper. So I've just written the very first Jack the Ripper ghost tour in London. (gasps) And that's, uh, it's pretty full on. These women were ordinary women like you and me. Mm. Most of them had jobs. Uh, they sewed by day. They baked cakes. They happened to uh, do a little bit of extras at night time cash. <laughs> and they were addicted to gin. So it could be any of us in the room. And uh, obviously, it, it, they came to a sad ending as well. And Jack the Ripper, I'm starting to think, might be a female. <gasps> Ooh, that's controversial. Yeah, twist. But it- so with the tours that you currently have in Melbourne, you would... 
I imagine have um, a standard set of tours and then you've built this tour especially for Midsummer. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with the idea for The Seven Deadly Sins? Well, I have a lot of stories that I can't include in the standard Williamstown tour, so people are always coming to me with new stories and I really wanted to compile them and put them together. And I do run a haunted pub tour in London, which is extremely popular. Um, I have to say the last one I ran personally was a month ago. It was meant to go for two hours. It went for nine hours. And how I lost does that some of the happen? <laughs> Hang on, how does that happen? Does that mean people... Is that interaction with... Uh, Things happening? Well, I don't know if it's a ghost or is it... I don't know. Is that... Why? Well, this particular tour, we did have ghostly encounters. So we go to an old gin palace, which was built on Newgate Prison. So double whammy, gin gin and Newgate Prison. (laughs) So we did have some paranormal activity. And to calm the nerves, we had a nice Mexican man on tour. And he shouted the whole group to tequila. (laughs) That's the last thing we remember. The next thing, it was three in the morning. I was at home. And I vaguely remember leaving the guests at the box in Soho, which is a pretty notorious place. So I'm hoping to reincarnate that here in Williamstown. Mm. Um, the people in Williamstown are amazing. The publicans have all had ghostly encounters. Gosh. All the hotels are very old. One of them has a haunted cellar that connects to a closed tunnel that used to go to the old dock in Commonwealth Reserve and people would sneak in dead bodies and <gasps> gin and all sorts of things. Would there ever be stories that you wouldn't tell? Yes, I have to say Mm -hmm. I draw the line at ghost stories that are under 80 years old just because maybe the living could, you know, they might remember their relative or their partner. So I don't like to talk about recent ghosts, even though I do have a lot of them in my database. And is there anything else that you wouldn't talk... Like, would people get really emotional on a tour, for instance, and then you would sort of cut short your... Not so much cut short the tour, but you wouldn't go into any more detail if, if somebody's getting a bit emotional or anything? Yes, yeah, some of the tours we run paranormal investigations. So we use a Ouija board and we use other tools to communicate with the other side. And what I find is some of the people who come on the tours are looking for answers that are personal to them. So we like, try and cut those short. So, for example, someone might be trying to contact their recently deceased partner. Mm. And uh, when that starts to happen, I don't think that's appropriate for, for entertainment for general, value yeah. for general public. Mm. So we tend to cut those short and then I'll have a little chat afterwards to that person one-on-one oh so um so you kind of so you provide like that personal one-on-one service for want of a better word and and how different what kind of shape does that take uh, well, we work with a, uh, a paranormal investigation team as well. So we have our, our general tours for entertainment, like the Seven mm. Deadly Sins tour, but we also have paranormal investigators. So we do house uh, clearings, oh. etc., and we have mediums. So yeah. we do give readings to guests if they need them. So if someone tours. thinks they've got a haunted house, mm-hmm. they could re- contact you. And what would you do, for instance? What would be the first thing? They ring up and say, hey, Jackie, this is what I think. And you go in. What do you do first? Well, the first thing we usually do is correct, uh, collect the history. So we go into the local historical societies or on Trove, which is a great database of all the newspapers that have been digitised since 1835. Gosh. So we try and find out the history of the location and the building, if there's any reason for that. Then we'll go in person with a group um, and we'll try and, we'll try and collect more information. Um, our medium will try and pick up on information there too. And if that doesn't work, sometimes we do set up paranormal investigations. So, Gosh. you know, night vision goggles and CCTV there- cameras and, you know, K2 meters, those sorts of mm. things. So when you see um, um, on TV, uh, if you see people going into haunted houses in movies and things like that, do you kind of think 
nah, that wouldn't happen or that couldn't be true or I know the truth, you know, this is all fiction. How do you view what you see on telly? Yeah, sometimes I watch those programs and I notice their devices aren't switched on or they're upside down. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, sometimes, sometimes I take them for a pinch of salt. Look, I think a lot of the programs on TV are, are genuine and the people do believe in what they're doing, but they've got a lot of pressure for something to happen. They're being paid money yeah. to create an episode. So I think sometimes they take artistic liberties, which I understand. So, Jackie, you have your first Seven Deadly Sins tour coming up this weekend? Mm-hmm. On the 22nd of January. Oh, okay. So what do you do in preparation for that? Do you have a dress rehearsal or is it just you or have you got um, colleagues that come out with you on that tour? Yeah, so I have a team of tour guides. So we'll take it in turns running the tour. So it's one tour guide. Uh, I've collected the story since I was, since I was 14. So wow. what's that, like five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Add a few zeros, no. <laughs> so I collect the stories. Um, so I have been talking to all the publicans in the pubs, uh, all the local business owners, etc. as well, and I've run through a few times. And I've tried to make contact with the spirits. So I've used my own dousing rods and crystals and tried to communicate with them. And do you feel welcome in the places that you're going? Definitely. We have quite a few show-offs. So one of them is an <laughs> opera singer. So he likes to appear. He still appears at the Steam Packet Hotel. His name's John DeHaga. Oh, my. Uh, Yep. And he took his life because he couldn't sing anymore, as you do. So he's still there. He likes to he likes to perform. And we've got another young man, Bennett King, who was a womanizer. So he's quite happy with people visiting the pub as well. Can we expect any same-sex attracted or gender diverse spirits? <laughs> yes, we can. Yeah, excellent. Uh, we have a couple of ladies of the night. Um, we're not sure. One of them's called Roslyn, but we're pretty sure Roslyn started as a Ross. And Roslyn does like to um, cuddle up to the men. Um, she, she's an interesting character. She gets quite violent. If she's ignored, she has been known to push people against walls. And she does wow. smell strongly of lavender because mm. I think she didn't wash very often. Mm. Okay. And I think she used to put lavender on any part she wanted kiss to try and attract <laughs> males to her. So she's still doing that and she doesn't like females. When I go down this particular alleyway, she will give me a good shove and tell me to go away. Competition. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had a message come in uh, from uh, from Stephen. He's saying, great show. He, uh, it's actually my husband. So he's saying, we have two uh, have two friends who still talk, still talks about uh, about how he watched Paranormal Activity and he still sleeps with the lights on now. And this is this chap, he's uh, just turned 40. Um, thank you, Steve. Anyone wants to send a message in, they can do so on two, uh, 0427 JOY 949 or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. So, Jackie, someone that they might be not thinking of coming along to one of the tours... What are you going to do to convince them? What, would, what is it that you would say to them that's going to push them over the edge? We have alcohol. We have <laughs> sordid stories of sin. And we have ghosts. What more could you want on a Friday so, or Saturday night? Do they call that the triple threat? I think we do. That's, I you like go. that You one. like that. You can uh-huh. use that. You can use that. So um, I know as part of the Midsummer Festival this year, um, and they can go to the Midsummer website and purchase tickets. It's at the Steam Packet Hotel, which you mentioned before in Williamstown, at 13 Cole Street, Williamstown. Uh, tickets are $34 full price, 34 for concession, and it's adults only. Would, what would you, I know it's, it's an adults only, but do you think your littlies, 
Okay. Would you ever think that they could understand, uh, you know, say 10 years old, 12 years old? Do you think it would be all right for them? I know in this case they can't come along, but would it be stuff that they could relate to or...? We do run ghost tours for children. We run the old Melbourne ghost tour, for example. We have a lot of school children come and they're learning about history in a fun way. Mm. They don't realise mm. they're learning about history. It's like yeah. we trick them into it. But what we do is we tone down the language and the stories okay, for children. Okay, so you tailor it for them. And I think when you, I think you've touched on this a couple of times. You've mentioned already that it's about history mm-hmm. as well. But kids love the scary stuff, so oh, that's, that's a great way to draw them in. Oh, they do. Horrible yeah, history, yeah, stories of chamber yeah, pots and ghosts and killings. And, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Love it. So we, uh, it's called Seven Deadly Sins Haunted Pub Tour. Now, that, that appeals to everybody, surely. It must. Um, if uh, people want to get tickets, as I said, the first um, your uh, your first show is on the twenty second, which is next week. It is what's that Thursday? It says the twenty second. Yeah, so it's Australia Day kind of long weekend, and then it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from eight thirty till midnight. Uh-huh. So that makes it really exciting time. Um, how quickly are your tickets selling? I'm assuming that you're, they're breaking your door down and ringing your phone off the hook. Yeah, the first two uh, sessions are almost fully sold out, which is great, but we still have plenty of tickets available. Okay, so uh, go to the Midsummer website, midsummer.org.au. Uh, go and get your tickets. We're going to do a bit of a stand-up straight group. Uh, not sure which day. We might let people know then come along and join with us. Um, Jackie, thank you for rushing through the door and thank you for educating people along the way and making us real scared. I think um, I'm going to uh, perhaps change my uh, my views after having been on your tour. Well, I challenge you to spend the night in a morgue with me in Williamstown. <gasps> Can I tell you, that not to spend the night, but I've always wanted to go to one, so spending the night might just be that next uh, next progression. It's a deal. It's, oh, so I'm on air now on, and oh, on record. Now. <laughs> You're coming. Thank you so much, Shaki. I've enjoyed meeting you, um, and I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous midsummer. Uh, up next, we've got uh, Daniel Whithouse coming in to talk about Beyond Priscilla, the play, which is his book that's been turned into a stage play. Thank you once again, Jackie. Lovely to meet you pleasure and uh you're on stand up straight on joy get this party started on a saturday night everybody's waiting for me to arrive i've got lots of style check my gold diamond rings i can go for miles if you know
This is Daniel Whithouse, and you're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. It's like having a cuppa around Michelle's kitchen table. How spooky is that? You are on Stand Up Straight, but the spooky part, I'm keeping a bit of a theme. And thank you to uh, Jackie. She was fabulous, wasn't she? Yes. Bubbly and ball of energy. Um, but the, th- the spooky theme, uh, and uh, that was Daniel Whithouse uh, having a little uh, hello and talking up a stand-up straight. But he also happens to be in the studio. He's got um, his book has been turned into a play, Beyond Priscilla, The Play, uh, and he's joined us now as part of Midsummer. Welcome, Daniel. So good to be back <laughs> around your so-called kitchen table. So, so-called kitchen table. More buttons on this kitchen yeah. table than there is at home. Now, I'm going to out somebody um, in a very different way, Stephanie, Happens to be a wee bit of a fan of yours, Daniel. Am I going to embarrass you, Stephanie? Not one bit. Tell me why. Fan back in two thousand and ten, I would listen every week for Daniel's update as he was travelling around (laughs) Australia. I I read today it was thirty eight weeks. It was thirty eight. Thirty eight weeks. It was an incredible journey that you had around Australia, and you went to some really interesting places, and so many positive stories. Mm. Really incredible stories from. Outback Australia and cities and country towns and all sorts of places. But I really, really enjoyed that year of listening. It was something that I looked forward to. And that surprised me. I, I was um, surprised that there were as many uplifting and, and ha- I expected to hear doom and gloom more than I did too. And that, and that was certainly one of the reasons why I wanted to get out of the big smoke and go around. But, um, because not only did I want to show that there were those positive stories, but they also wanted people to tell them in their own words. Mm. I didn't want to go out and say, well, I'm rocking up into town and I'm giving you a 7 out of 10 for homophobia in this town. It was more about, just tell me what life is like for you. Who, who gives a crap what I think? I want to know what life is like yeah. for them. And, and, and invariably, they were saying, look, it's a mixed bag and they're, they're, there's a lot more positive than most people in the big smoke would, would think. And, you know, sheesh, you know, in this uh, current day and age, we need a bit of hope, don't we? We Absolutely. do. And do you think uh, the big city City slickers like us misjudge the uh, country folk, so to speak. Oh, look, I think it can go. It can go, it can go both ways. Um, I I think that people are generally from the big smoke are, are quite surprised at how many positive stories mm. there are, um, and I think that we have more in common with our country cousins than with we'd like to you know like to think. So you know, there's 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 good, bad, and ugly out there. Is there more of the ugly? 
Um, or is that th- getting less? I, look, I can tell you, and I, I, I feel very strongly about this, um, there are not yet enough uh, um, good stories to um, mm. to nullify the bad and the ugly. We're, we're a way off that, but that's not to say there aren't the good stories. I think that what what um, I like to, to do is just balance the good with the bad and the ugly. So rather than people just going, oh, I, I heard about this gay cowboy or I heard about you know this mayor who came out or whatever that might be, so therefore everything must be okay. Mm. It's like for every one of those stories, you know, there seems mm. to be 50 to 100 other stories that aren't so great. That's not to say that it's completely dark and, you know, but it means that um, there are certain situations in which you can thrive in country Australia and we need to learn from those so that we can make sure that more people do that. And that's certainly the work that I'll carry forth. I was really impressed at how welcomed you were in different places. Mm with the message that you were bringing, that people were open to it and regardless of what was happening in that particular place, they were still willing to embrace you and welcome you and bring you into their town and and to be hospitable towards you and... And, and listen to what you had to say. I, I was as surprised um, as was my mother. My mother thought I was going to die as oh, I was struggling. <laughs> as, as many mothers would. Uh, um, um, but, 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 but the overwhelming thing that I didn't, I didn't expect it to be so universal and such a strong message, which was it's about bloody time. It's about bloody time that we actually have this conversation because we're sick of the rates of rural LGBTI young people um, you know, in terms of suicide. Oh, no. And also we're sick of LGBTI people, young and old, feeling like like their only option is to leave our community and go to the big smoke. That's actually not good enough. So we need to do something different. And and that was the basis for my starting conversations. And these these towns are losing like that brains trust, the history of a town, even whatever age that, that person might be that would be leaving for whatever reason, the town is losing, losing part of themselves. When that, when you know, someone goes off to the big city, aren't they? And so often I'd say, look, you know, I I, I may not agree with them and you know who they are or what they are, but um, you know, I've known them since they were attacker, you know, <laughs> and so and and so it's they've, they've got to somehow integrate that. Whereas I think sometimes in the city or regional areas, you can be a couple of people removed, but if you've known this person, know their family, it's mm. harder to hate some someone that you know. Um, We are going to take a short break, come back and continue chatting with Daniel Whittenhouse. You are on Stand Up Straight on Joy. Be an ally. Talk it out. Educate yourself. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thank you for hanging round. I love saying that on radio. <laughs> you are with Michelle, Stephanie, Clayton and Daniel Whithouse is um, in the studio with us. His book, Beyond Priscilla, has been turned into a play. I'm going to ask, does that seem weird, kooky, surreal? I, I, I'm glad you, I've been saying to everybody it feels surreal. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I'm still I'm still um, fathoming that I have a book. I mean, people find this hard <laughs> to believe. Like, I've got a book that Good was book. published on this. Um, you know, it's my second book, but it's still the fact that it was published. And the well, Daniel, fact that, can I just ask, did you do book signings? I did do book well, signings. Where was I with the books? I would have queued up for a, a, a <laughs> so signature. I looked, but there's going to, oh, and, and, you know, having said that at the play, we're going to be selling books and I'm going to be doing signings. Right. However, we'll however, but um, doing the signings was really incredible because it, it meant. That, I mean, like, I love just hearing people's stories. So I'd just be sitting there just going, no, 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 don't go. Because they, people would come up and mm. throw the book at me and kind of grab it and try and run away. And I'd be like, no, 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 I want to hear about you. Like, wait, tell me about you. And I'd ask them <laughs> questions. And people are laying up going, God, you know, hurry up so that I can get my book signed. But, yeah, it's been, it was a wonderful experience. With, um, with the, it, did you kind of feel 
or did you ever think that there would be a natural progression that eventually it would become something else other than a book that people pick up and read? The, 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 the play came at me um, from the side. I was actually, uh, long story short, I was at the gym and um, someone who heads up um, the creative program at Gasworks came up and said between sets, um, have you ever thought about turning your book into a play? And I said, no, never. Now, of course, everyone always says, who's going to play you in the movie, Dan? Like, you know, like you're, you're, this is going to be turned into a movie. And I'm just like, no, I uh, don't think so. So play was never on my mind. But then... Um, but the um, movie was. The, and you, and who, who were you? thinking He's about to play come, come on, come on, on. tell us the, tell the us. only reason I, I only thought Hugh Jackman and I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not like everyone else. I don't go weak in the knees over Hugh Jackman. He's not my type, although he is hot and I know that he'll get a, a huge mainstream audience watching and that would mean, you know, great for my retirement fund. However, um, so when um, when I was asked to consider turning it into a play for a reading competition that Gasworks had and they said, we want you to do a 15-minute reading. Now, um, I was across town doing my one-man show because there was a clashing date. So I kind of said yes, yes, yes and mm. sent everybody off to do that and I was doing the one-man show. But what I heard was... The reaction of the audience and the actors themselves were so moved doing this reading. And then there was a director who was involved and they all just looked at each other and said, we've got no got choice. We, we've got to turn this in. It's got to be next year. We've got to, we, we've got to put this forward. So um, cut to a year. Um, Gavin Roach, the playwright, has done a brilliant job in terms of turning a book into a script and then has handed over to um, Lauren Hopley, who's the, the director, to, to make that come alive. How do you turn it into a script? I mean, you're st- I've read your book. How do you turn that into a play? What do you leave out? Well, well, yeah. well, well, well it's kind of like I've been thinking about this, and it's it's like, and and I'm not that I'm comparing my book to Lord of the Rings, but but, <laughs> but, 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 but some people think it's just as long. Yeah. Some people, so so go with me on this. It, it's about a journey. It's a yes, long journey, yes. and people go, it, 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 it's a long book, you know. Like it's a, there's lots to read, and there's lots of stories in that. So so then you watch the movie, and you kind of go, oh, they've left that out. Yeah. How could they do that? They've blended that. They've put that mm. there. How could they? Whatever. I'm sure that people are going to who have read the book like. I think there's seven or eight of you out there will come along and see the play and go, hang on, this is what you've done mm. with it. But but what I think that, that um, Gavin has done is he he read through the book a number of times and he um, he brought out the stories that he thought jumped out. Cause this uh. is a, so this is about giving people a modern-day snapshot about LGBTI, rural life, um, you know, who are the opponents, who are the people who are supporting it and putting it all together. Um, and, you know, and, and I think the other thing that he's done is he's he's wanted to um, bring forth the voices that um, perhaps we don't always hear. Mm. So that's some of the things that I'm, you know, I, I love to do. But he's just like, what are the things that we we would go along to a play and go, oh, this is what we expect. We expect homophobia, whatever. But what are the stories that we don't expect to hear? Mm. And mm. what are the things that we can learn from that? And how much involvement did you have, Daniel, in the, in the adaptation? Um, early on, I had um, I had more than I expected, um, but at, at one stage, I just said, "Look." Um, I, I think everyone was being so respectful of me. They, 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 they were wonderful, yeah. like and and, and they were with beautiful intent. And at one stage, I just said, "Look, um, you just like, unless you tell me to rack off and you start doing your job, if if you didn't know me." 
what would you do mm. with the book in terms of that, that's what that's the decision that you've got to make and I actually step back I, I I would go into the initial readings and rehearsals I love the cast I want to hang out with them all the time <laughs> and I made myself stay away from rehearsals <laughs> because they're just going um, when you know this particular parent says this did they have this look oh, on their face or yes, whatever and, yes. and, and, and it was with the best of intent because they wanted that to mm. fuel it but, I, but at the end of the day I said to them look um, I'm the only person who was there for this conversation yeah. um, the audience doesn't know that um, you've met these people before you 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 kind of know what the intent of where their story is coming from that's what you need to do you need to interpret this you know and I'm going to let you do that so I've stepped right back um, which means I don't get to hang out with them all the time so <laughs> so it's coming up to, to time when the plays you know so I get to go and hang out with them and watch them do their stuff and they're they, they can't wait <laughs> they can't wait to unleash it and see what my response is going to be are you nervous um, <laughs> the, the, the thing yeah. that I'm most nervous about is that um, what a lot of people don't know is that all four actors um, are going to play me at some stage in the play um, and they did a number of sessions where they got me to come in and present as I would to a school group yeah. or as I would, you know, to an organisation, whatever that might be. And I could see them taking notes and, I, and <laughs> I, I, you know, what are Daniel's physical mannerisms? So rather than worrying about, they, they think I'm going to be worried about the content or what they've done. All I'm no. worried about is how much I'm going to lisp and how pigeon-toed I'm going to be. <laughs> that's, that, that's pretty much my biggest concern. But I, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do because I, yeah, like I said, I'm a, I'm, I'm a bit... Um, I'm a bit of a fan of yeah the people who are in the play anyway. And and what are the plans for the play? Obviously, you've got a a, a season at Gasworks. Mm. Where where to next? Where we've got our eye on the prize. So we we want to put on a great show for Midsummer. We want people to have a ball. But we really um, the actors included. Um, we want to take this to regional and rural areas. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so, so, so so and not just to do a show, but to start conversations and to have additional kind of workshops, Q and A's, panels, yeah. whatever it is. And we'll we'll work with each local community about that but so far when I've mentioned that people are just like you have to bring it here you have to bring it here and and not that that's the only thing that rural communities need but it's an avenue to start the conversation and get some people involved who otherwise might not be um, you know Engaging with that content, so you'd be taking it to schools. Have you got that in in mind, or look, I, look, I think I think definitely it could go to schools. However, it's probably going to be upper level because I'm told there's quite a bit of swearing. So what they, <laughs> so what they, what they, um, what the actors and the director um, found out early on um, when they were hanging out with me, they're just like, you actually swear quite a bit, don't you? <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, ask my mum, I do, you know. Like I, um, um, so they've tried to make it authentic in that regard. But I look, I think that this is um, this is a it can speak to students, um, but I think, uh, like, I would really love to see it in a like a small country town in their local theatre and mm, kind of yeah. have people coming along and um, and really starting conversations about well, is that like here or are we different? You know, like what have we got going on here? So, a lot of the people that will see this as part of Midsummer are gay, gay friendly. Etc. Etc. Yes. So, how do you think that they would? Would they just see this as, oh, that was the same as it happened to me, or my son had that experience, or what? Mm-hmm. Versus education. Yep. 
how differently is it going to be with these audiences? So, so I think that's a, a good point. One of the one of the reasons why um, Gasworks chose to do their play competition playtime last year is they said we don't see enough LGBTI stories on the stage. And mm. one of the things I'm clear about is that with my book, the overwhelming feedback I've received is we never hear our own stories reflected back at us. Okay, we really? might hear about LGBTI people in Melbourne or Sydney, but we never hear about those voices from the bush um, you know mm. and every now and then there'll be a gay a gay farmer or a gay cowboy and then that's it it's about the everyday living in the suburbs you know how do you make things you have to get along you have to compromise you have mm. to stay safe they're the things that people don't necessarily get to hear um, and that's that that's the feedback that that um, threw me the most and you know warmed the cockles of my heart is that people were able to say I, I can't believe I'm reading what I'm reading I can't believe how it speaks to my experience and so if people come along i want them to um absolutely feel like they know that story but also i can guarantee they're going to hear some stuff that they didn't expect to hear daniel when you were out in rural australia meeting um young glbti people did they ever know about joy had, had did you have any mm. did you have any people who were listeners from from the bush um, I'm going to be uh, – th- this is where I have to kind of put my um, – I, I, I don't like to do this, but kind of put my bit of a doom and gloom hat on, is I was gobsmacked going around by how isolated not only LGBTI people were, but how LGBTI-friendly people and allies were isolated. Oh. So people would talk about being the, you know, the only gay in the village, but what I was surprised about on another level was all these people saying, I feel like I'm the only gay-friendly voice in the village. Oh. Um, and so, so that I saw such a like it, it's it's with minimal investment you can go into town and let people know about a whole bunch of resources. Yeah. Um, but we do know we're lucky in Victoria that we have a completely different situation in terms of young people, regional and rural, their access to a whole bunch of resources, LGBTI projects. Um, there's so much great work that's happening in Victoria. But if you step across the border, you will realise there is just there is a desert in terms of LGBTI specific projects so it's one thing to say we are so lucky in Victoria Mm. but it shows that we can't rest on our laurels and think like Mm. there is so much work to do but with minimal investment we can do it because if there wasn't that hope I would I would (laughs) want to move countries because we pride ourselves here at Joy as being a wonderful resource for the rural community and I mean it's it's just, it's distressing to hear that people don't know about Joy but Mm. the thing is it's a really easy thing to promote so the, the good news is, is you are a wonderful resource. We do know how many people listen to this stuff and, and find solace in it um, and also joy and celebration mm. and all the rest of it. So I, I think that it's an easy win. It's low-hanging fruit for us yeah. to be able to let people know about this stuff. But it's, you know, are they able to access that on their computer at school or at home with the family mm. around? Mm. You know, do they have great access to internet, all that kind yeah. of stuff? And it's not, again, we just need to say, how can we increase access for those people who it might not be as easy to find out about what you're right what is a great resource Mm. we are going to take a quick break we're going to come back and uh, tell everyone how they can uh, break the door down and get tickets and run the phone off the hook uh, for midsummer you're on stand up straight on joy i'm dean arcuri and when listening to stand up straight on joy 94.9 it's not about same same it's all about being different with michelle on the mic you are nearly at the top of the hour at Stand Up Straight. Spirit Lounge guys are going to come uh, on at 8 o'clock and the Woods uh, fellas are coming in at 9 o'clock. Um, so hang around. this heaps of hours of joy 
enjoyment. Tickets for Beyond Priscilla the Play. It's on at Gasworks Arts Park Studio Theatre, 21 Graham Street, Albert Park. It's a fabulous venue. It is. How else can they get tickets other than turning up at the door? They can go to the Gasworks website, gasworks.org.au, or even go to the Midsummer website, midsummer.org.au, and they can put in Beyond Priscilla um, into your favourite um, search engine. I'm sure it's there. You can go to Facebook and do Beyond Priscilla the Play, um, and you can find out more about getting tickets. It's from the 20th to the 30th of January. Um, we're also just released a matinee on the 23rd of, Ooh, um, mm. uh, 23rd of January on a Saturday at 2pm. Um, all the proceeds of all of these shows goes towards my LGBTI rural charity um, to do great goodness in rural areas. So if, if you... If there's, that's not enough for you, I'm not sure. I'll have the $25, a bear hug the that $25. will and, get and everyone for, there. And for a group of four, $20 each, um, bear hugs and cuppers assured. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. Brilliant, wonderful work. As always, we would expect nothing less. Uh, up next, as I said, the Spirit Lounge. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you, Stephanie. Great You've to be been back. Listening, Thanks, Michelle. You've been listening to Michelle on Stand Up Straight. GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.